It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, let's get to our next guest from Channel 7. He's a footy and cricket expert, and he's now, I'm going to say the second banana behind Mitch Cleary at Channel 7. Uh, Theo Deropoulos is his name. Theo, thanks for your company. Morning, Kane. Settled in. How's the move? All settled, mate. Going really well. It's been a, an, a bit of an eye-opener when you consider what we had to cover over in Adelaide, when you sort of rock up at Westlakes and Alberton every single minute of every single day, we're here, the, the scope for choice is a bit greater. So, yeah, so far, so good, mate. Oh, you'll love it. I, I was interested in how it came about. Uh, Tom Brown, of course, big shoes to fill, um, and they've gone interstate to, to fill them. Uh, when were you first approached, and, and how did it come about? Well, massive shoes, really, wasn't it? I mean, Tom did an amazing job. Him and even going back to Steve, I both really raised the profile of what this position is and whether whether you enjoy Tom's work or not, he's a little surprising at times. He certainly got to the crux where things sat in the AFL landscape. So, and Mitch does, Mitch does a superb job. If he's not the best in the country, then he's on the mm. podium, isn't he? But um, from my point of view, it, Tom's resignation was sort of June from memory, and then. Yeah, I got a phone call around late October asking if I'd be interested. And, I mean, I don't think anyone who's in the sporting landscape and wants to have aspirations in this sort of case. But if you work your salt, you're in Melbourne, aren't you? So, mm. yeah, I think it took three or four seconds of convincing with my partner. And, yeah, we were over in Perth, actually. We told the family, you know, later that day. And then we were sort of on a holiday making plans to shift everything into state. So it was the least relaxing time off. I've ever had, and then um, yeah, we made the move over just before Christmas. Nicely done. What the priorities with with your role? I mean, as good a sports coverage as you can provide, I guess. But what about the news breaking element? I mean, is that is that daunting if if that is one of the the main requirements to break news that people aren't yet aware of? And and how hard is it to do that? Well, it is. It is a main requirement, really. I mean, daunting. I thought it might have been at the beginning when you just consider you've got 10 clubs and, you know, you look at sort of 450-odd players and, you know, 100-odd staff. There's just so many people around the landscape to meet. So that's where I think the the time will will be, you know, most consumed is just getting around and spending time at training and meeting people. And the same thing that we did really with the Crows and Power over mm-hmm. a number of years is just get to know the players and get to know the staff and, the more you do that, the more you can build up trust with people. And you know, largely outside of news itself, where you talk about sort of player movement and contracts and injuries, we're, we're also there to showcase you know, the personalities and stories that some of these athletes have because they're quite remarkable. I mean, sometimes you forget you're dealing with players in their you know, early, mid, late 20s who 
running around playing footy, but at the heart of them, they're, they're pretty interesting people, some of them. So the news component is obviously one, one aspect, but yeah, to be entertaining, have a bit of fun, showcase the different side of these people, I think is also important. Theo Doropoulos is with us from Channel 7. He's one of their main footy reporters now after taking the, the role that Tom Brown vacated last year. Well, we've been speaking this morning about player access and the AFL uh, doing their best to increase the access uh, of players to the media and, and by extension, the fans. Uh, what do you make of the requirement for players to speak, all of them, after games? Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. I really can't see outside of you know, someone if they're experiencing some sort of family issue or personal mm. issue that they, they wouldn't be open to speaking, particularly about the game. If, if I think now the media landscape is is pretty accommodating where if someone said, we'd happily give you this player, but could you please not ask about this particular topic and just stick to the game itself, I think largely people would respect that, especially in the aftermath of a game of footy and you're in the change rooms. And all that does really is build trust and rapport with the person that when someone is prepared to talk about an issue that may be particularly sensitive, then they're ready to do that. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I have spoken to a few players at the tennis in, in passing in recent days to sort of get a gauge on what they do and don't like media-wise. And a bit of feedback was having the, having the media in the change rooms and getting to know them, perhaps over a beer or something after the game, will will knock down a lot of barriers and, and it'll help across that, that bridge, really. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I'm assuming most of the players will be all for it. Now, the, the challenge will be that the two or three people that are reluctant to do media mm. often get the most requests, and obviously we're talking about players like mm. Dustin Martin that people will want to hear from. So I guess that will be will be the challenge. And the onus, I think, Kane, will be on us a little bit to not roll out the same jargon that we ask you know every sort of week if we're going to speak to players like Dustin and, and request them often then I think that line of questioning has to be interesting and engaging and maybe a little different other than just what did you think of you know this component so yeah I think it's great more access to better better for players better for media better for fans have you noticed a shift in clubs already throughout the pre-season do you, do, I mean some clubs are better than than others uh, anyway prior to this, uh, I guess, new rules coming in, but uh, clubs now being more open, uh, have they adjusted already? Well, I'm slowly learning the landscape in terms of media access. I mean, we've been able to go on film um, training at a, a bunch of clubs. Obviously, some are like Carlton training indoors and Geelong, you've got to get access to the stadium. But, yeah, Essendon's pretty open. Collingwood and Melbourne, you know, you get free reign, really. So when it comes to that, there's not much of a problem, but... You know, bear in mind we are early Jan. Uh, you know, the access to actually speaking to players is still minimal because I mean they're, they're sort of ramping up and they will do as they get into practice games. But yeah, I think largely from a request point of view, they're they're more open-minded to providing media with with players rather than you know in the old days it was just no, he's not doing it. So I think that's that's that can only be a positive, really, can't it? Uh, how much did Cricket Australia stuff up by scheduling uh, the test in Adelaide on a Wednesday, considering that the Saturday at the test in Adelaide is one of the biggest, if not the biggest days in this state, and we didn't even reach Friday lunchtime? Yeah, I think if you look at the most predictable plot twist of all time, then that was probably one of them, wasn't it? When you think about the distance that test was going to go. I didn't have an issue with the day test in January, because if you look back, you would have been in Adelaide over that December period. If it was a day-night test, 
before Christmas, it would have been wet and freezing cold. It was awful mm. in Adelaide, so it would mm. have been poorly attended. That's just a nuance of the weather, of course. But look, I wasn't against the day test in January where you're guaranteed a bit of nice weather, but to start it on a Wednesday, I think, yeah, I would potentially rethink that. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and if it rolls into a Monday, day four, then you know, so be it. But you'd have at least three days of bumper crowds, and you know as well as anyone, mate, the Adelaide test is absolutely brilliant. It, it falls back on, at very worst case, if you're bored, you can watch the cricket, which is just such a, a brilliant way to set up an event. If, if all else fails, you watch a first-class Australian cricket team traditionally beat its opponent. Yeah, I drove past on Friday afternoon. It would have been, I don't know, three o'clock, and out the back was still packed. And I think <laughs> this test match finished hours ago, and there was people still making the most of it. I didn't blame them because they're making the most of the, the price of entry, but I thought good on you for still uh, enjoying the day, even though there was no cricket on, which, which says a lot. What about your strikers? Where'd they pull that from? Yes, well, what they've done is just go back to. Uh believing in what they can do and bowling Cameron Boyce. Can we, yeah. we talk about the recognition that that man deserves. I mean, he's been around. He was my initial teammate in season one. So he's been rolling around for 14 years and now he's bowling 10 K slower than every other spinner. And we, he jokes that it's because he's old and he can't bowl any faster, but there's something to that. He's bowling mm. 74, 75 Ks an hour challenging players try and hear him over his head and, and they just can't do it so no I'm all for it I think um, the, the competition itself has has developed it's taken a step forward and it, and it would even further if we got the test players playing I think that's the one the one minor missing mm. piece for the big bash would to have the best players available for longer which is not a new concept but I think from what we've seen the crowds are back the TV numbers are up and isn't it great to be talking about an Adelaide side doing well it is good. Hey, mate, where's the Channel 7 cameras off to today? Are you attending training somewhere? Yeah, well, gee, everyone's around today. I think uh, we're trying to cover the demons down at Casey. We're going to get to the dogs. We're at the pies. The hawks are having a run. We might have to get the chopper to see a bit of action at Carlton. So, mm. yeah, we're trying to be six or seven places at once, which is the beauty of this place. Nice resources there at uh, Channel 7, sending the chopper up. Hey, mate, good luck. Hopefully we can uh, chat to you throughout the year. Sounds like you've got a busy day. We'll watch you tonight on Channel 7. Good on you, Kane. All the best, mate. Theo Diropoulos there has, t- has taken the role that t- Tom Brown has vacated. Him and Mitch Cleary forming a nice duo, as are Morris and Maguire at Channel 9. So I, I really like the rivalry that the TV Wars 9 have really upped their game after Channel 7 put on a pretty good show last year so um we'll see how that one plays out this year theodoropoulos with us